Hey, clones, if we had to sum up what this show is all about, it comes down to exactly one thing, one word, performance. I know it's the same way for you. Whether it's an important meeting or a business trip, maybe you're fighting the afternoon crash. Sometimes you need that boost, but you want an alternative to coffee or sugary energy drinks. I get that. In fact, I've discovered something that will help you take your game to the next level. It's called Dawn to Dusk. It's by Brickhouse Nutrition. Dawn to Dusk was designed to be a healthier, more effective alternative to typical energy supplements. With as little caffeine as a single cup of coffee, Dawn to Dusk provides up to 10 hours of clean energy. It heightens focus. It actually improves your mood. And unlike coffee or energy drinks, there are no jitters, there is no crash. Only clean energy and focus and no calories or sugar. Go to BrickHouseRome.com right now and get 15% off your first order with the offer code ROME. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You've got nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. Check this out right now. BrickHouseRome.com. Again, BrickHouseRome.com. I go over to him. I go, hey, He goes, what? What? I said, you f***ing scared the f***ing my child today. You come past him with the f***ing old eyes and sweating. <laughs> say hello to the fucking kid, you f***ing And he goes, oh, f***. I'm sorry. So the next day, came over and give Sammy Boy about three punches in the gut. So ever since then, the cat's been Sammy Boy's guy. Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. This is Ep76. More importantly, this is the return of Elk. If the Masters is a tradition unlike any other, then having Steve Elkington on the pod the week of the Masters is a tradition better than any other. And as long as this pod is running, then I'm going to keep running Elk out there each and every Masters week. Elk is a legend in the jungle, on the course, in life. And if you've heard any of my conversations with Elk over the past couple of decades, you know exactly what you're in for. If you haven't, then buckle the hell up. Elk is a major champion. He is the owner of one of the sweetest golf swings ever. A 17-time winner around the globe and a guy who can and will say anything. So consider this your warning. There is strong language in this podcast. Know your room before you push play. Ep 76, the return of the Elk, starts right now. Now, the Masters is a tradition unlike any other, and it goes without saying, having Elk on the podcast the week of the Masters is a tradition better than any other. Mate, it is so good to have you back where you belong, and before we get to the Super Bowl of Golf Elk, catch me up. How the hell you been, mate? Mate, good to be back on, mate. I, uh, mate, it's a big, it's a big job, your podcast. You know, you've got some legends on there, mate, so I'm... You know, I just I just fill my slot. You know, that's that's my job. Everything's good with me, mate. I'm I'm working away. Got a few new projects that I'll I'll uh, share with you as we go along. But, mate, super. The fact of the matter is, and I'm going to get to those projects in a minute. I can't wait to hear the latest. The thing is, I've had other legends on the show, but it's never about how you measure up to them. It's always you against you. How you measure up against yourself, Elk. You know this, but. You know, we go back a year ago, for instance, and you did the pod, you set the Masters up, you told some amazing stories, 
But for as much as the clones know you and love you, I'm going to argue that they had never heard you quite like that before. Because to this day, mate, they're still resetting last year's Masters podcast as one of their all-time favorites. So for those who do not know, can you describe your relationship with the jungle and with the clones? Mate, we we go back so far, you and I. I remember dressing up as Monty, that fat-titted bastard up at Minute Maid, hitting balls off the top and spinning them down next to your stage. I mean, we did a tour stop at uh, at the racetrack up near my house a long time ago. I think Bra was there. All the all the all the all the uh, old timers were in there. It was great. I just you know I'm kind of a radio guy. I grew up in Australia in the country. We didn't have a lot of TV, so everyone listened to the radio and talked shit. And um, I'm pretty good at talking that, for sure. Uh, everybody knows that, talking about stories. And, you know, it, it, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, national pastime in Australia, mate, out in the country to tell stories and talk shit, which I love it. And you're, you know, and you're pretty good yourself, mate. Listen, I appreciate you saying that, Al, because you are the best. Nobody tells a better story and nobody talks more shit. And if I'm not mistaken, did you just call Monty a fat-titted bastard? <laughs> remember that i dressed up as mrs doubtfire oh i remember what a costume oh i remember so good mate bombing him well, off i used the to call him, i used to call him fat tits when he used to go to houston baptist so uh you know we got history me and monty you see i don't think a lot of people know that elk like when you were ripping off national titles at houston i don't know that a lot of people know that he went to houston baptist how well did you know him back then i'm doing very well he uh in fact i kind of take credit in a certain way for getting him going on the tour because when we both finished school, you know, he was at this little school called Houston Baptist and I went out to Lockenbar golf club, all men's club in, in Houston and um, fat tits was on the range. And I said, what are you doing fat tits? He said, Oh, he says, uh, I think I'm about going back to England and work for IMG. I said, what the fuck is IMG? He goes, Oh, it's a management firm. We control all the players. And I said, well, let me tell you something fat tits. You should go over to England for sure. Maybe go through the qualifying school. And if you get your tour card, good. If you don't get your tour card, then go work for IMG. And he goes, oh, you really think I'm good enough to try the tour? I said, yeah, you fucking are good enough to play the tour. So anyway, there the rest is history, mate. He went over there, got through the tour school, and won, I think, seven, seven titles in a row. Money list. He's a, he, to be honest, mate, he is such a friggin' beauty to hang around and listen to this listen to that line of bullshit but no we go way back so i don't i think he's awesome he's awesome for us to talk about and he's awesome to hear the shit that comes out of his mouth it's so good what's better than who's better than monty to hear hear crap nobody nobody and he's awesome he's awesome to hear the shit that comes out of his mouth and it's awesome to see the kind of food that he shoves down his gullet he's a legend man (laughs) Have you ever seen anybody Mate, better I'm with a knife and a fork? I'm getting, like, custard throwback. I'm getting custard fumes everywhere I go now. It's custard. <laughs> Heavy on the custard. It's so amazing. You know, so, I mean, I, I can keep following you around and go there, Elk, but the thing is, there's a lot of people, and a lot of people are tuning in right now because they want to hear you, and they want to hear you talk shit, and they want to hear some stories, but there's also a lot of people that want to get your thoughts on the tournament. So let me get a few thoughts on this. Now, for instance, I might be preaching to the choir on this. And I know you'll give me your pick, but man, I absolutely love Justin Rose. I mean, I love this guy generally. I love him this week in particular. Personally, I think he's the guy to beat. How well is he playing right now? And then how much better can he still get? I think it's not a bad pick. 
but it's not going to be the pick that's going to win this week. Okay. I think he's tinkering a little bit with his swing right now. His swing looks not quite as good as it was to me last year. His club is sharp. It's just something that I can see that probably hardly anyone else can. And, of course, when you know that what you see, you know, if you know what you see, you see it, right? And and I don't see that smash that I'm seeing before. Mate, the guy to beat this week is Tiger. Oh. And it's really interesting the wow. dynamic that's come wow. into play here. Yeah. And, you know, last week in San Antonio, you know, he beat Rory head-to-head in a match play event that he wasn't even playing any good. He was basically swinging garbage. And he just beat Tiger. I mean, he beat, he beat Rory with his mind. And to me, mate, that shoots a bit of a bit of an arrow across the field of players which says, you know, Tiger just took down Rory McIlroy, the hottest player on the tour. And if he's anywhere near the lead on Sunday, you're going to have to fucking deal with the cat on the back nine at Augusta. Now, it's one thing to be able to swing good enough to win at Augusta. It's another thing entirely to know how to win at Augusta. Like, I don't fucking know how to win at Augusta. I finished third twice, but I don't know how to close there. I mean, Hefty knows how to close. He, there's a certain feeling about that course, and there's a certain sense that they get into. And Tiger, the, the, one of the most dynamic things about Augusta is that every person that listens to this podcast, or every person that watches the Masters, Every one of us know how they're supposed to play each hole. It's a chess match. And we're like, oh, we know he's got to draw it around the corner at 10. We know he's going to try to hook it around the corner at 13. We know off that lie he might go for it at 13. Every person knows what they're trying to do. And it comes down to this. It's one thing to be a hit, hit the ball good at Augusta. That's not going to win it. One, another thing, to putt the ball good, that alone is not going to win it. It's all these intangibles that come together. But the, one, the most important one to me, mate, is that his mindset, he's at ease now. He won you know, the Tour Championship last year, top 30 event. Okay, that was a fucking good win. But it wasn't the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama for him is the getting up to the, you know, chasing the golden bear. And I think, Jim... I sense that his mindset is calm right now, and he's up for it. He doesn't have to play that good at Augusta because he's so fucking good at playing Augusta. He knows what to do. And I think he's playing good enough. And, and superior mentally, of course, he's already won four of them. He knows what to do. Mate, now you did pick him last year, but I see exactly what you're saying based on what he did recently and when he beat Rory head-to-head. Let me ask you this. If you go back, go back to 1997. 97 Elk was a great year for you, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, what do you remember most? If I were to say to you, think back to that ass-kicking that the cat laid on the field that week, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Just the scene, coming up 18, <clears throat> the people, the excitement, just the, the new, new era. I was there when I saw Jack you know, play and just shaking my head in 86 and seeing that just a stampede of people coming up the hill and they know that there's a new, new kid in town, new sheriff, in the, new sheriff in town. And by the way, that Saturday, remember, he was paired with fucking Monty on Saturday and Monty went to the press and said, oh, you know, this young lad, he doesn't really know how to play on the weekends in the final group. Yeah, well, fucking guess what, Monty? He fucking ran over your custard tits flat, 75-65 for Tiger. So that was the end of that fucking deal there. Now, Elk, did you that, – that's great. That's a great, great story. Now, did you or did you not run into him before he teed it up on Sunday when he was rocking the red? What did you think then? Well, <clears throat> there's a story 
that only I know. And um, in '97, I actually was leading money winner coming into the into the Masters. I had won the Players Championship. We just saw it on TV, so everyone knows that. that and I'd won Doral the week before that, so I I had back to back wins. I come into the Masters and I'm I'm playing great. And of course, at the at the Masters, there's two locker rooms: one for the regular field of players, and then there's a, the champions locker room, which sits up in the clubhouse just for champions. So, of course. Tiger is not a champion yet, so on Sunday morning in the locker room, early, um, they only have one breakfast table at Augusta, and you just sit down with about 10 or 15 other guys, and they come and go, and you just order whatever you want. I mean, you can order a fucking T-bone with sushi if you want for breakfast at Augusta. I mean, whatever. And um, so I'm sitting around there, and we're all talking about Tiger Woods and this, that, and the other, and I... I stand up and I said, all right, I'm fucking tired talking about this guy. I said, who wants to play for some money today? How about we put in 500 bucks for low round of the day? And about six or seven guys said, okay, I'm in. So we gave all the money to this guy named Richard, a locker room guy, because, you know, if you have a good round and try to chase a fucking tour player down to get 500 bucks off, I mean, Jesus Christ, there's no chance. So we put all the money in a hat. Well, I go out that day. I think I shot 67, which was the low round of the day, I think, on Sunday. So, mate, I'm in the locker room. And I beat all these fucking cats that played that day, and I've got about three dimes in my pocket. And I'm in the pisser, having washing my hands or doing whatever, and I hear the toilet flush, and fucking cat comes out of the fucking header, and he's going to the tee. It's like 2.30. I'm already finished. I'm washing my hands. Now he's getting ready to go. Huh. And uh, I didn't say a word, mate, because, you know, you don't want to fucking spook anyone that's getting ready to play. It's like a pitcher, you know. So he, he goes around me, and he's got the fucking red gear on, and he's got the eyes are in the, you know, they're fucking locked in. And I'm washing my hands, and I see his eyes, and he sees my eyes through the mirror, and I go, I give him one of those fucking lift my eyelids, you know. And he, he goes, I said, good luck to you, mate. Get after it. And he fucking looked at me with those eyes through the mirror. I fucking thought he'd burn a hole through me. I mean, his fucking eyes, I think I wiped my, I think I wiped my hands on my pants as I was fucking running out of there. The eyes on that guy were so intense, I've never forgotten it. And, in fact, a few years later, kind of an extra story to this was Sam, my son, was about 10. And we were up in, this is in the middle of, Sam was born in 97, so it was about 07. It was still Tiger Mania. And we were up in Washington, D.C., and Sam was out on the driving range. We, he was walking with me uh, going to the driving range, and we had to walk past all these fucking people. There was, tw I'm not joking, there's 20,000 people watching Tiger hit balls. And he comes out of the ropes, Tiger does, and he cuts out in the middle of the fairway, and he's gonna, we're going to cross. And he's got his fucking shirt on, he's sweating, and his fucking eyes are there. And Sam, I could feel Sam coming around underneath me, you know, tucking in behind me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And, he, and Tiger goes by with all the security, and Sam says, fuck, Dad, did you see those eyes on, his, on Tiger? And I said, yeah, well, that's fucking what we've been playing against, this fucking animal. <laughs> so that afternoon, I'm in the locker room. He was working out or something. I, come, I go over to him. I go, hey, asshole. He goes, what, what? I said, you fucking scared the fucking my child today. You come past him with the fucking old eyes and sweating. <laughs> fucking say hello to the fucking kid, you fucking asshole. And he goes, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. So the next day, we, sure enough, we passed again, and he was acting like he was, had the eyes on, but then he came over and gave Sammy Boy about three, three punches in the gut. So ever since then, the cat's been Sammy Boy's guy. Sammy loves the cat. Sammy loves, Sammy loves the cat. I know that. God, that's amazing. Sammy loves eyes. The cat. 
Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Now, other brokerages charge up to 10 bucks for every single trade. Robinhood does not charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. And with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. And Robinhood is giving listeners to this podcast, the Jim Rohn Podcast, a free stock like Apple or Ford or Sprint to help you build that portfolio. Sign up at jimrohn.com. .robinhood.com. Once again, jimrome.robinhood.com. You know what it's like. Like, when he was doing that, other guys were beaten before they even started because of the eyes, because of the intimidation. So for you personally, what was it like to go up against him or even the Golden Bear, any number one, when you had all the energy that came with that, what did that do to you in your game? Well, <clears throat> it's a good question because there have been a lot of people that have played really poorly playing with him, like they got no chance. And I always thought it was really a good opportunity for me when I played with the number ones. You know, there was three things that I was, my goals were, there was three things that I was going to do. First of all, I was going to get to see the best player play. That's number one. So that was going to be a big win-win for me because then I know, then I can say, oh, fuck, look at the way the guy chips. I mean, there's lots of things to learn. Second thing I always try to do when I play with him is, steal all their energy there's so much energy goes with the last group the final group and tiger in particular or the golden bear that i always felt like they were pulling for me internally so i i'd, I'd try to steal that energy and then the third thing if i fucking play good the residual effect for me playing well with tiger is or jack or any of them is so important because it, it can take me for months down the road and not only that when I walk back into the locker room and all these other fucking cats that shot shit, that shit himself when they played with him, and they see that I shot 68 playing with the cat, that puts me on a different spot with them. So it changes. There's a lot of fucking dynamics going on in the locker room. Now, nothing was more important than, than what I just said was in 19... Uh, when I was 48, I almost won the PGA up. Hell at yes. Straight, the one that Dustin Johnson grounded his club. So I play with... I get paired with Cat on Saturday... And fucking Steiny, you know, fucking Steiny's out there. He's got his, you know, he's fucking got a shirt on. It's eight sizes too big. He's fucking all these buttons hanging out. It's fucking terrible. Comes over because oh, yeah, you're playing with Tiger, you know, 1040. I said, fucking great. He needs to see this. Whatever, you know. So anyway, we go out and I'm 48 and I shoot 66 and he shoots like fucking 75. I fucking smoked him. I shot 30 on the back nine, and we got to the 17th hole. It was a very famous hole at Whistling Straits. It's a nasty par three. And the pin this day on the Saturday was set over this little hump in the middle of the green, and I hit this six iron down there. Or, sorry, I hit a four iron. It landed on that hump perfect, dribbled out of sight, and looked like it was going to go in the hole. crowd went crazy, and then it missed and ran off 10 feet. Great. Fucking cat gets up there and he hits his ball. He lands right on the hump to me and it runs down and goes almost in the fucking hole. Place goes bananas. So we're walking down there 
And we're, as we're walking over to this little knob where we're going to fix our plug marks, we're, we're, our balls are literally, our plug marks are one inch apart on top of this little knob. And we both bend down at the same time to do it. And I say to him, well, you look at this, you're the luckiest motherfucker I've ever seen. My ball hits right here, goes over there 10 feet from the hole, and your ball hits right here, and it fucking goes down and goes, you're the lucky fucking guy I've ever seen. He goes, yeah, fuck, he goes, yeah, I'm really lucky. You're fucking kicking my ass, dude. You're fucking kicking my ass. That was sad. So when we signed Scorecard, he always would sign us something for Sam, a glove or something. He said, Elk, you're going to win this fucking tournament. Good luck to you. You're playing great. Now, that kind of... Uh, testimony or that kind of uh, not testimony that kind of um, uh, someone coming you know coming from Tiger some, right. so much like that it was gave me so much confidence for the next day Sunday and I almost did win the tournament if you ever watched if you ever roll tape I had a really good shot at you know would have been the oldest major champion alive to win uh, at 48 so there's a lot going on there and I just I just looked at it differently that's all Oh, Elk, that was so great. That was such a great, great run. You had, at 48, at 48, you had such a good look at that thing, played your ass off. Yeah, you didn't quite finish it, but how good did it feel to kick the cat's ass that day? <laughs> he, <laughs> it never quite feels like you're kicking his ass because you're so focused on your game. But at the end of the day, when you go home and, you know, and Sam says to your kids or, and they know that you shot 66 and shot 30 on the back on top of cat, they're like, fuck, that was strong. Right. Strong. Hell yeah, it was. So like you mentioned, you got to know how to win at Augusta. There's something to be said. You have to know how to win there. So what about Rory? Like Rory is playing really, really well right now, but does he know how to win there? And frankly, is he ever going to know how to win there? That's another good question. You know, Rory, uh, you know, it seems to me that he's got out of this funk that he was in for a couple of years, you know, and I, you know, I took punishment on from him by telling him he just looked bored. Well, he said a month later that he was bored and he didn't give a shit. And um, now it seems like he's got his energy back, which is, to be quite honest, is pretty normal on the tour to lose energy, you know, get unfocused on whether he's get, got married or whatever it was. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't see it, mate, right now for him at Augusta. He just got beat by a cat down there and he hit some terribly loose shots coming in. And it was pretty fucking awful what he did there to himself. So, no, I don't think he's going to do the slam. I don't think there's no slam in this deal. I was going to say, Elk, he's not going to get the slam this time or he's never going to get the slam. I don't know if he can get the slam. I don't know if he's got enough. <clears throat> Look, I'll get killed anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't know if he's got enough of the, the stuff you can't see. I don't know if he's got enough of the stuff that Tiger has. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I know what you're saying. It's one thing to win. The, well, someone may say, well, what about so-and-so that won the Masters? Well, yeah, I'm talking about the fucking slam here. This is not just the Masters. This is slam deluxe, right? This is with the, with the cheese on top, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's more pressure on him than anyone. Not less, more. For that very reason. I mean, so how much, what, what's the bigger hang-up right now? Is it the shit that's going on between his ears? Is it the shit that's going on between his legs? Or is it his putter? Well, it looks to me like he's putting pretty well uh, when he won the Players' Championship. He's, he's certainly fixed that. Um, but you never know with him, you know? You never know. It's, uh, he certainly drives it great. I mean, but, you know, he drives it great all the time. And, he, you know, Dustin Johnson, you know, crushed him down there in Mexico 
You know, everyone's crushing him in the last group. So even though he did win the players, and that was great, but everyone's crushing him. So he's, he's not like it's not like crushing anyone else. You know what I'm saying? He's, you know, he, he barely beat Jim Furyk over there at the players. Furyk's my age almost. Mm-hmm. God's sake, swings like a fucking helicopter. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. Right, right. You mentioned Mexico. Let me change up on you. Speaking of Mexico. There's no way I can have you on and not ask you about Matt Kuchar. Now, I know you like Kuchar, but look at what he did, right? We all know the story. He goes to Mexico last minute. His regular looper can't make it. He gets a local bag man. He wins the tourney, puts 1.2 mil in his pocket, and then tips out the hired help five grand. The only thing worse than tipping a guy less than one half of 1% is then doubling and tripling down on the reason for doing so, which is what he did. Kucher said on more than one occasion, Elk, that five grand was a good payday for a guy used to making 200 bucks a day. And then he doubled down and said, look, we had an agreement in place ahead of time. And it got so bad for the guy that he had to eventually apologize. He had to pay the guy 50 grand. He donated some money to local charity. You know, and I got to ask you, is he sorry that he did it? Or is he sorry that the story got out and he looked like a cheap a-hole? Where do you come out on this? Well, I was bad, mate. I would have spilt five grand around the bar if I would have won down in Mexico. But, uh, you know, it's so hard to think what he was thinking because 1.2, okay, there's no agreement, first of all. There's no agreement. There, there is no nothing written with caddies. You just say, hey, you want to work? Yeah, I want to work. Okay, I'll pay you a 1000 bucks this week. Okay, great. But I'm not going to pay you if you win. Oh, you know, there's none of that. There's not, that. You don't have that kind of talk. You don't even jinx yourself by saying, well, if I win, here's what you're going to get. You know, none of that. That doesn't happen. I'm going to leave it this way. When I won the PGA at, at Riviera, and uh, I won 360 grand when I won there. And when, when it was over, my wife and I sat down together, and we knew that, that winning that tournament uh, was going to change our life forever. And you know, there's an old saying that say that, you know, they can't take it away from me. Well, that's not what a PGA does for you. It doesn't take it. No one can take anything away from anyone. What it guarantees is you'll never be forgotten. Winning a major means you'll never be forgotten. So we, we knew it was going to change our life. So we decided that we would pay our caddy 100000 33%, because we wanted to change his life. He wanted to buy a house in Scotland. So every fucking time that guy looked at, looked at his house, he knew that that house was paid for from his win of us together that no one will ever forget. That was our decision. What I think Kucha could have done in Mexico was something similar. He could have given him the whole show, and he could have built a fucking caddy yard down there, and every Mexican kid that wanted to be a caddy could have come to that new El Jefe down there and learn how to fucking win on the PGA Tour because he's done it. That could have been epic. That could have been monumental for that little town down there to having that one fucking guy forever, like a boxer that knew how it got it done. But that didn't happen that way. He fucked it up upside down. Hey, listen up. Finding high quality clothes that fit great is not always easy. In fact, it's never easy. But I know a company that can do it. Outer Known. Outer Known was founded by pro surfer and 11-time world champion Kelly Slater. Let's be real. Who's sharper than Kelly Slater? Who looks better than that guy? And they've got a mission to provide great clothes that do not harm the environment. So, great product, great company, and a great mission. I don't know clothes are for people and planet. 
high quality, sustainable clothes, durable construction, and a great fit. Plus, remember the mission. Outer Gnome only works with factories that pay fair living wages and provide safe working conditions. I have the clothing. I wear it. It looks great. Sweaters, sweatshirts, shorts. I rock this stuff. I just went on vacation to Mexico. That's all I wore while I was there. Find out for yourself. Go to OuterKnown.com right now. Enter my code Rome at checkout, and you'll get 25% off your full price order. That's OuterKnown.com. O-U-T-E-R-K-N-O-W-N.com. Remember, use my code name Rome at checkout. Get 25% off. Check them out right now. OuterKnown.com. Do not forget the promo code Rome and get your 25% off. I absolutely love this clothing. I love this company. It's hard to imagine because Kucher is one of the good guys or thought to be one of the really good, likable guys on tour. So then in the end, Elk, what he does is he scratches that check. He tries to make the whole thing go away. And yet he seems kind of surprised that the whole thing won't just go away. You know how these things play out. So my question for you, is it going to stick to him forever? And is this the way is this going to be the first thing we think of when we think of this guy now? I don't know. You know, a lot of tour players are saying that was a terrible hill to die on. If you're going to die on one, that's that was a bad one to die on right there, mate. Um, I don't. I hope not. I, you know, you say he's a good guy, and I I know him only as a good guy. But fuck, that was a bad move. Money right. money's bad move, especially when you got shit tons of it. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Jimmy. I don't look at my account very often, but I reckon his. The bank, the bank might call him and tell him his fucking account's full. He doesn't have any room in the fucking account anymore. God, exactly. I, I don't understand that at all, at all. I mean, I don't understand that at all. All right, so what about the big boy, Elk? You mentioned Hefty. Does the big boy, and because as you mentioned, you got to know how to win there. Does the big boy, and you had a look at one in 48, does the big boy have one last run in him? <laughs> it's fucking guy is like Freddy Krueger. Just keeps coming back, mate. He's a fat uh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, fat left Freddy. You know what? We've seen him go down there with two drivers. We've fucking, you know, seen him go down there with, you know, eight hybrids of four wedges, six sandwiches, fucking cake, meat in the bag, whatever. Fucking, you know, vegetarian, not all this shit. This is the guy... The guy is unbelievable. He's such a fucking gamer. And uh, you know what? I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't know who's going to show up. But that guy's going to get a crack at... And, and think about him, Jim, when, you know, I know we're here at the Masters, but think about the pain that he's living with for the, for the U.S. Open. What's he had? 12 times he should have won it? And uh, think back to the fucking time he hit it with the shanked it off the tee on 18 at wing foot and then chopped it through the trees and all that shit. Remember that? Oh, that was- God. Elk, I, like, I think you're starting to go there, but let me just jump in. Can you explain that shit to me? Like, there's so much fucking scar tissue there that you wonder how this guy can even function, yet somehow he can act like none of it ever happened and go out there and do what he does? How does that work? No, it's happened. It's happened. Oh, it's happened. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's in there. It's fucking okay. in there big time. Okay. And he has a few skeletons of his own, you know, for his golf. Um, you know, he doesn't drive it that good anymore. He's always looking for length. He's always looking for speed. He's pushing the threshold of the spin, spin rate. The less spin he gets, the crookeder that ball is going to go. <clears throat> can he putt good enough? Absolutely. He can, he, can, he can do it. I just don't know if, 
I don't know. I mean, I have no read on, on Hefty Lefty in this, in, in this deal. Uh-huh. Zero read. Now, I will say this. I'm jumping on you to Spieth. I think Spieth has more problems than Hefty. Okay. Spieth's fucking nutcase right now, I think. Yeah. Putting on the putting green today. He had putting cross-handed, putting fucking regular, putting half cross. I mean, he's got all kind of stuff going on. Couldn't believe it. Listen, I mean, when you look at him right now, he's not playing well, obviously. And as you're pointing out, you're looking at him, and he's got a lot of shit going on right now. Augusta is not exactly the place to get right, but we know that he loves that place. Is there any chance at all that he's going to be a factor this week, or is it going to end really badly for him? Speed? Yes. No. N-O. Right. Not this week. Mm-hmm. He'll be back. That guy is the most impressive gamer I've ever seen. I was at Duffner's birthday party uh, last year. We were down there doing Duffner's, uh, you know, charity, and the boys were coming in from uh, uh, New Orleans, and Perez was playing with Duffner. They finished second, and so we were all at the house because Ricky Fowler and uh, Justin Thomas and Spieth, Gary Woodland, they didn't play that week, so they were at Spieth's house just all day. I mean, at Duffner's house all day just fucking off, drinking, drinking beer, fishing, dirt bikes. All those guys do is is play games and gamble they'll go basketball they'll play pool they'll play horseshoes they just fucking keep going jimmy mate they just bet whatever you want and they just keep going and going and going they just such i love them i I think if i was playing the tour right now i'd be hanging i'd try to hang around with those guys because i think the best player out on the tour right now is justin thomas i think he's the most gifted player and remember it wasn't too long ago that he was in uh jordan's shadow Remember, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's Jordan's friend. Well, now, shit, he's got the best move because he's been taught by his father his whole life, and his dad just goes with him on tour, and they just work on the same shit they did when he was eight. And that model right there is the best model. You're not doing a bunch of video like Bryson DeJambo. Me and Sam with the fucking Players' Championship, mate. And DeJambeau is hitting balls next to Duffner. And the Duff's got a carry bag because he caddy hurt his back. And fucking DeJambeau's got six or seven suitcases out there. He's got camera down on the ball. <laughs> He's got a fucking guy that's pouring water on the ball. He's measuring the spin rates off the fucking track, man. He's got a stick stuck in the ground with like a toothbrush in it. That when he finishes hitting the shot, it fucking cleans the club face with the toothbrush. I'm like, I said to Sam, I said, look at this fucking show. Look at this circus. We should, we should put a tent over this son of a bitch and sell tickets to this fucking thing. I never said anything like it, mate. That's great. He's got a crew now. He rolls, he rolls pretty heavy. He's got somebody for everything. Now, you mentioned, Elk, you mentioned Perez. Now, Pat Perez was on the podcast earlier this year, and you helped set that up for us. Thank you very much for that. Big ups. Man, Pat, he, yep. he is an absolute beauty. In fact, by the end, I was calling him the American Elk. I asked him for his favorite <laughs> Elk story, and check this out. This is what he gave to us. Elk, listen. We were at All Oakland right. Hills in, in, in Detroit there, and we're playing the practice round for the PGA. <laughs> this guy on 11, we get up there in the tee box, you've got to walk up to it. It's kind of like a plateau tee, you know? Right. And the guy, this Marshall. Jim comes on the team with us, and Elk is, you know, Elk has seen it. He knows everything. I'm trying to learn from him, you know. He's taught me so much over the years. It's been amazing. But, you know, so he's trying to teach me where to go. And this guy comes up. He goes, yeah, yeah, you want to go right over there, and you want to do this and this. And Elk looked at him, and he goes, who are you, head professional? Get the <laughs> off that tee there. Get down there. Get down over there by that fence. And I started dying. I couldn't believe what I had heard. You know, because I was only like 28 at the time. Everything he does, though, Elk, he's unbelievable. I mean, he is absolutely amazing. 
Hey, and don't worry about the beeps. I don't really know how they got how they worked their way in there. But can you elaborate on the time? What he was talking about was when you told a local marshal to get the fuck off your tee box and go fucking stand over there. I hate it when guy tells me when I'm playing in the tour event and the local marshal kind of blocks your spot on the tee and he wants to tell you how he thinks we should play the hole. Be like, be like the guy at the at, you know Oracle Arena telling Steph that this is the best spot on the corner here to shoot from. You know, it's like get off the fucking tee, go back down there by the rope, fucking go go marshal somebody. But you know, I, I, Pat's coming back off a, uh, a calf muscle injury that he fucking pulled his muscle in the gym at Players Gym. He said, but you're the only guy pulled a muscle putting his shoe on that's that's fucking all the gym you've been in he wears those michael jordan uh high tops i said jesus christ he said you can't even get your shoes on without pulling the muscle in his in his calf muscle right he is great we tell everyone on the tour that pat pulled pulled his calf muscle putting his shoe on has been at the gym he smokes he smokes heaters and he always does is eat meat he's the worst he's the fucking worst in the world that son of a bitch yeah that's why he's like the best guy ever exactly never been in a gym exactly burns heaters lights one after another and just eats a bunch of meat that's the best and speaking of health and then hits the grape hits the grape heavy at night I mean guys guy can go and he's got a mullet and he's got a Ferrari right exactly and best guy ever and 20 mil at least yeah. You mentioned he hits the grape. He hits the grape at night, Alex. So let me ask you this. Speaking of which, a couple of months back, you took up the dry Uary challenge with hockey. Oh, Adam Hawk. That now, was now, deadly. Yeah, right. Now, so did you give up? Did you give up alcohol for the entire month of January? If so, why would you do that? And did you make it? Well, Hawkey, Hawkey set me up, and then I said I'd do it, and then I made it like 28 days or 20, uh, two days short. Um, no, it was all right. I, I mean, you know, it was all right. I mean, I've drank plenty, mate. I've I've got my I got my quota in. So any time you just give it a miss, it, you know, worked all right. Uh, I don't know. I just I do stuff like that occasionally. Sounds fucking miserable. It was. Thanks. So like Elk, where are you at now? Like I I notice as I get older, as you get older. I don't know about you, but like you know, my poison's kind of changing over time. I never thought that it would. What are you drinking these days? I've been keeping it pretty light, mate, with these allergies I have. I'm off the grape, so I'll, I'll do a little Sav Blanc, which is a little bit, uh, you know, a little light. But uh, And then I'll just maybe just have a few beers after golf. I've been kind of trying to lay off, not go too heavy, you know. Been doing a lot of work, mate. That's what I've been doing. All right, so let's talk work. I get you. I see you working. Let's talk work. I want to talk about Secret Golf, your project Secret Golf. The shit's amazing. Now, the Twitter feed is great. The tips are even better. The fact that you and so many PGA pros are out there putting out this kind of content and information is a great, great thing. I know everybody listening that has ever picked up and swung a bat would love Secret Golf. Let me start by saying the Twitter feed is at Secret Golf, at Secret Golf. What is the very latest? What's going on now? Well, <clears throat> thank you. We have 31 tour players. You know, I own, you know, years ago, Jim, you know, been around you as contents, everything. So I, I, I decided that I was going to, you know, sign up all these guys for their, for their digital content, essentially their uh, intellectual property, everything they know. I mean, put it this way, in, in media, the business model for fucking Golf Digest or Golf.com or what you name it, whatever it is, their business model is to go out to us tour players and get us to give them free shit well, they take our free shit and go over to their, biz- their people and sell subscriptions to their people. So I said, I'm going to cut that guy out of the middle. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get all the content from all the players. 
But the exciting project, Jimmy, is that I've opened gambling, mate, gaming Uh-oh. on the PGA Tour. For and real? A very small, uh, a very small group uh, for the Players' Championship, and then we're doing a, a, another one this week here at the Masters. In a, it's in a private setting, so we're not out on the app yet. We do 2,000 people are going to play the game this week, and it's killer. We, all my players invented all the games, so you'll be able to play four-ball games. You'll be able to do Nassau. You'll be able to do all these this is a golf-centric game. This is built for golfers. This is not DraftKings where you, they don't know what they're doing about golf gambling. This is golf for golfers. And then the interesting thing where it gets really interesting is, is I, can, I can take my content, Jim, and now I can, I can send that in. I can embed that into the gaming. So, for example, if Hawk over there is betting on Duffner, I can, I can sneak him Duff, Duffner content right into the game, and then eventually he'll, he'll probably buy it because I know he likes stuff. You know what? I like that. That is so smart. And speaking of embedding, Elk, are you dropping a new tune or two this week? What do you got? Oh, mate, you know, the, you know, the tunes, uh, you know, I talked to Hawk today and Hawkey on the phone, mate, he, he gets a giggle out of my tunes. Hey, hey, so hey, hey, Elk, 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 I got I to interrupt you. What, what the, Elk, what is with you and Hawk? Like, you like that guy, don't you? He's all right. Okay. He's all right. Okay. He, 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 he. Uh, I don't know why you like that guy, but... He's got a good swing, by the way. He's got a really good grip. Holy shit. I never told you today, but you've got a really good right-hand grip, mate. You could... You could fucking go places. Whoa, 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 Back the fuck up. Did, 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 the guy, did the guy with the sweetest swing ever just say that Hawk has a good swing? Did I hear that? No, he's got a good action, but he's got a really good grip. That's what I said. Okay. Really good grip. Okay. Man. Yeah. Like, like you it, said, that's the kind of energy that that'll feed that guy for the next 50 years of his life. Good. I like hearing that. You see what I'm that. saying? See, yeah. see how when they get around, you know, greatness, the, the, it, the, they steal my energy. I love it. Fuck I love it. it. I love oh, it, too. All right. today. Okay. So that's great. So what about the tune? What are we looking at this week? Okay. So <clears throat> we do a lot of tunes. You know, as you know, I've done a lot for you, and we've had a lot of fun. Some of them don't quite make the, the cutting room floor with you, but that's okay. So... I'm We've always had a um, – I did a special tune for you this week, putting in some of the things that have happened to us. When I say us, it's you and me in this show, whether we've seen Cat or we've done all these rubber dongers and all these things that custard, all these things. So I, I did a little master's tune, Jimmy, this week with some, with some girls in there. And, and uh, every tune, Jim, if you see my tune go up and it has elk on the corner with it, Calder Chisholm, who's my uh, – who works with us at Secret Golf Illustrator. If you see a check mark, the check mark means that we have a hidden embedding, embedded uh, code in, in the tune, and, and it's always the same one. It's called TTMS. And we, we have shirts in our office, Jim, that you know, the girls wear TTMS, and they say, well, what does that mean? And they say, oh, talk to my secretary, talk to my secretary. That's what we tell our wives and everyone else. But there's a real, there's another meaning to it. And I think for fun, I told Hawkey today that we're going to put it up and we're going to let the clones find the TTMS. And we're going to let them, what do you think about letting them uh, take a crack at what they think the TTMS really is? I think you go ahead and do that. I think, I think you go ahead and do that. Better that they say it than that you or I say it. Correct. And they the, should you know, tweet their guesses to you, Elk. They should tweet their guesses to you and to me. No, just to you. Exactly. Put the put the guesses, and we'll see if they uh, really come up with what we uh, what makes us laugh every day when we do a tune. All right, clones, listen. Do that. 
Tweet your guess, TTMS, TTMS. What do you think that stands for? Tweet that to at ElkPGA. Do that. I like that. Texting and driving is not just a dangerous problem, it is deadly. And if you drive while distracted, you're three times more likely to crash. But far too many people still do not recognize the dangers. Did you know that when you send or receive a text, you take your eyes off the road for about five seconds? At 55 miles per hour, that's like driving more than the length of a football field with your eyes closed. Between 2012 and 2017, nearly 20,000 people died in crashes involving a distracted driver. And if your own safety is not enough reason to stop driving while distracted, here's another one. It's also illegal. This is why cops are writing tickets to anybody caught texting while driving. And they're doing it to save lives. So remember, if you text while driving, you will get caught. You drive, you text, you pay. Anything else about Secret Golf that I don't know that I need to know right now? I don't think so, mate. We're going to, um, you know, we're going to be in the, you know, we're out in the public for, we're doing all the majors this year. You know, we did the players, now we're doing the Masters, the PGA will be next, and on we go, U.S. Open. But we'll be in the App Store, you know, in, in, in for the U.S. Open, Father's Day, the whole, whole thing. Uh, our game is a peer-to-peer. So what I'm going for, Jim, is every golfer, has their group of guys. I know you have a group of guys, whatever you do in horse racing or whatever. So what I'm going for here is, is I, when you play our game, it's not a big game like where you go on and you bet thousands of people. This is a personal game. So you make the bet, you send out a text message to your buddies and invite them to play this game, and you've already set the amount, and they opt in or not, and you're playing against them, and we have text messaging inside of your game and we've written all we've done all of our cartoons for all of our emojis like my player just shit on himself emoji you know my player is balls whatever it is we got fucking great emojis for our game and that's cool but it's just going to be great mate and everybody likes to game the golf and uh and make a little cash elk you're a smart motherfucker you really are you and the shark, Greg Norman, are extremely tight. You're tight with his family. You're tight with his kids. I could ask you for your favorite shark story, but instead let me ask you. You and Shark partnered up in the President's Cup and had one of the all-time great matchups and a great, great win. I know you know what I'm talking about. What do you remember yeah. about that day and what was it like to play with him? Yeah, we've been friends for oh, 30 years. Uh, you know, um, we, we were paired up and in, in Australia together. I think we were undefeated. We, we got to pay the reigning World Cup champions, Freddie Couples and Davis Love, right when they were at their peak. So Saturday afternoon down in Melbourne, uh, you know, 30,000 crazy Australians drinking that beer. <clears throat> and we're going to match up with them, Greg and I playing uh, Davis and Freddie. And the President of the United States was there, the Prime Minister of Australia walking with us. There's fucking guys with sharks on their head. There's guys with elk horns everywhere. I mean, it was awesome. And I think we closed them out on 17 with 16 under through 17 holes to beat them like one up. It was just a fucking epic match on the, one of the greatest courses in the world. Royal Melbourne was designed by Alison McKenzie, the same designer that designed the Masters, same designer that did Cypress Point, fucking legend out of, out of England. And there's not many, I'm not real big on England, as you know, Jimmy, but there was one there, Alison McKenzie. I know that, Elk. I know that about you. You know, like, and I'm not going to be that guy who says, hey, Elk, hey, Elk, what's this guy like? What's this guy really like? But Freddie, man, Freddie, Freddie's always just had that thing, right? That, just that thing. Like, Fred looks like the coolest motherfucker ever. I haven't talked to Fred in a couple of years. Man, what, what was Fred like? You spent much time with Fred away from the course? 
No, I, I don't really, you know, didn't, you know, he's best friends with Jim Nance, who I'm really close with, and he doesn't, right. know, he doesn't right. know where Fred is. That's what I'm getting at, right, what is that? Yeah, like he forgets to do stuff, and uh, it's crazy, um, but... You know, he's probably, you know, in a different era, Jim. Right now, we are. If he was around now, we'd be talking to him about one of the most gifted, gifted from God golfer, like Celine Dion or Adele, uh, singer, voice, just that fucking swing, right? And, you know, um, I'm not in that category like that as far as I had a good swing and everything, but he, he was just raw, like fucking Bam Bam or something with rhythm. God, that is such a great analogy, like Celine or something. Like, yeah, okay, you're so right. Like, like Fred just would forget shit or not do shit, and everybody loved him for it because that's just Freddie doing Freddie. Like, I can't even believe it, Elk. It's been a number of years, but, like, like he actually came on the show a couple of times. I'm like, fuck, is this really happening? It. He's the biggest sports guy ever. Yeah, he, he knows is. everything you say. He knows everything. Most of the guys listen to all those guys. I mean, that's, that's his gig right there. You've talked about this guy. I don't know that you and I have talked about this guy. Remind me, because you never forget anything. But if you want to talk about a badass from back in the day, Raymond Floyd. How did you and Ray get on back then? Raymond was my guy. Raymond and I, uh, he kind of adopted me. I, he, was, I, he mentored me when I was younger. I got to play with him in the Shark Shootout. Greg Norman invited me to the shark shootout and then ray had a partner i don't know who it was but that guy couldn't come and then shark put me with fucking raymond floyd and um i'll tell you a story we, we won the tournament and uh it was awesome playing with him we would get over a putt you know and and i'd be you know we're playing together and fucking now raymond floyd's helping me read my putt i got a 20 footer and i'd say ray what do you think you know it's like it was a cooler thing saying that you know and he he was like uh I don't know, you know, what do you think, you know? And he goes, I, you know, I think it's straight, you know. Fuck, every time I brought him over, he said, I think it's straight. Like, he, did, he didn't really give, that wasn't much of a story, but I, I will tell you, he came up to me about two years after that, and he said to me, what time do you want to play at Augusta? I said, what are you, what are you talking about? We're in fucking, we're in New Orleans. He goes, what time do you want to play at Augusta? <laughs> I said, anytime, anytime I'll play with you at Augusta. He goes, I'm talking about Thursday. Thursday of Augusta. I said, wait a second. Wait a second. It took me a second to snap out of it. I said, yeah, are you asking me what time I would like to play with you at Augusta in the fucking tournament? He goes, that's what I'm asking you. He says, I said, you get to do that? He goes, yeah, some of us guys that are Masters champions get to pick what time they want to tee off. I said, do you, do you like noon? He goes, I love noon because I knew he fucking loved noon. So he said, for like five years straight, I teed off on Thursday with Raymond at noon. <laughs> I knew my tee time a year in advance. It was fucking oh, awesome. Dude, that's incredible. That's the best. So I'm in Mexico last week, and my son now, Jake, turned 18 in Mexico. So for a number of years, you know, you know my routine. Friday, Saturday night, martini, martini. And my two boys would see me drinking martinis. My younger guy especially, Logan's all about drink, or eating the olives out of the martinis, so much so that at 12 he could distinguish between gins. And I'm always talking to the boys like, man, you're a couple of good boys. I can't wait till you're old enough one day that we can knock back a couple together. Well, last week in Mexico, Jake was old enough because he turned 18 and in Mexico he's legal. That's my great athletic story. I drank with my kid. You, on the other <laughs> hand, get to play golf with Sam. Have you and How'd Sam... Oh, no, we had a great time. Oh, no, you'd like this kid. This kid's great. He's, he's throwing shots. Jake's throwing shots That's and he's great. handling his shit. He's great. That was a blast. Now, you and Sam... It's good to see the kids get up and... and, and 
go over there and buy the old man a beer and bring him back one. No, he, he didn't buy me shit. He drank my stuff, no, but he didn't buy me anything. No, you got him still. You got the purse still tight. That's I'm sure. it. That's it. So what about Sam though? Did you guys get out and play Augusta this week? Have you done that? How'd that go? We uh, we won't get to play the course this week, but we we played it a lot over the years. Sam and I get invited up there with some members, and we've gone over there. It's one of the greatest things ever is to play Augusta and you know show him where Jack was. That's the great thing about Augusta is that everyone's played it, so I can pull the ball over Jimmy on 17 and go. This is the putt right here to here from here to here, the one that Jack made in '86. Then we go over to 16, and we take that fucking crazy thing that Tiger did. This is where he was. We're going to chip it up here. And we're going to make it come back to this tee right here or put a coffee cup down. We're going to do that. And, and it's just amazing that you can sort of, sort of be with your son, I guess. And, and then not only that, but then you can sort of play out history, you know. And I was here when I made this or that. So uh, we've, we've had a great time going up there and doing that. He, he loves Augusta. Sam's a fucking man up here. Now, I'll tell you this. Augusta when you're a past champion, when you're a, a PGA champion like myself or any major winner, you get invited to Augusta every year. And they've always extended beautiful you know, things they do for us. But you're allowed to bring your wife and your kids until about three years ago. And they said, well, you know, we're not going to let the kids come. We're just doing the wife. So, huh. But Sam always went. Sam always went and used his ticket. And uh, the last chairman said, but Sam, you can come. And then this chairman, Chairman Ridley, said, Sam, you can come. So, mate, when I go to the fucking clubhouse, Sam will be up there on the fucking top deck having, lunch, having breakfast with Jack Nicholas with his coat on at 7 in the morning. Wow. Isn't that man. great? Isn't that great? That is so great. So good. That's so good. They love Sammy. The best thing about Augusta, Jimmy, is they have every rule, but then they have their own separate rules for whoever they want. So there's no... It's not like the tour where they got to go across the board. Like, we're not doing shorts or whatever. This is like, no, 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 no. Everyone, no one can come except this guy. That's the rule. And you Love know what? that about Augusta. Hey, Elk, you know why they do that? You know why they do that? The same reason anybody does anything, because they can. Because they can. Elk, you know, you're amazing. You're amazing in the sense that, you know, I would never say that, God, it's the weirdest thing about this radio show, that I've done this thing for decades, and that my favorite, and I still get this all the time, hey, Rome, who's your best interview? Who's your favorite interview? And it's always easy to answer. But I would never say that, isn't it amazing that the best and my favorite interview year after year after year is a golfer? I would never say that because, to me, you are so much more than a golfer. I mean, you're a personality, and you're a brand onto your own. You're like, you're a phenomenon. Elk, but the amazing thing is, over the years, I've seen this. It's like sports. There are guys that have come on the program and done a great interview and maybe done it for a year, two years, three years, four years, and then they fade. Elk, your brand, your light continues to burn bright. You have never, ever, ever disappointed. You come in, and it's not an easy thing to do. It's not easy to be you and to show up every single year the way you do, but you have. Your longevity is amazing. You know I appreciate the friendship so much. I appreciate the relationship. I guess what I'm trying to say is, Elk, you did it again. You did it again, Elk. You're pretty much like me and Hawkey now. Me and you are tight, is what you're saying, yeah. That's what I'm saying, Elk. That's what I'm saying, but you and I have been tight for a long <laughs> no, time. No, mate, listen, I, I appreciate that. I listen, I listen to all your guests. They're, they're very interesting, but you team me up the best, and we're not doing a, a, you know, a love fest here, but you, you team me up so good. You're such a pro. You know how to get it out of me. Uh, Jackie Burke is my mentor. He's 96. People say, how do you get him to tell you all those stories on Secret Golf? I says, because I fucking know what search words I've got to put into his computer to pull it out. You do the same thing for me, mate. So that's why it's worked so well, I think. And you know what? I'm a natural-born teller. I like to tell stories. I like to fucking engage people and, and, have, and have a few beers. And, and, and why not, right? It, my stories are better now. 
because the internet, no one listens to stories anymore. It's fucking almost illegal to tell a joke. Rounded out. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I know. Trust me. Who are you talking to? I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, God, this show used to be so great. And then and then life. But that's life. We understand that, Elk. We know our room. We know what we got to do. I was, I was in the caddy yard today with the caddy master. We always go in and tell jokes back and forth. So I go in there today. He's a great guy. And he loves jokes. And, and um, I said, uh, so this, this young, young boy, 15-year-old boy, his mother was cleaning up his room. And she looked under the bed and she found these S&M magazines. So she fucking couldn't believe it. And then when the old man came home that night and the kid is sitting down for dinner and she slams those magazines down and then she says to the dad, she says, what are you going to do about fucking this? And the dad looks at him and says, well, I know one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to fucking spank him. I'll tell you that. So <laughs> are you doing a repair that needs a special tool? Why would you pay for a tool that you may never use ever again? O'Reilly Auto Parts makes it easy with their loaner tool program. With more than 80 specialized loaner tools available, they're sure to have one in stock to help you get that job done correctly. Purchase the needed parts, put down a deposit on the loaner tool, return the tool in its original condition, and then you will get a full refund. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Steve freaking Elkington. Now check that. Steve Fucking Elkington. Had to do it. Had to do it. It felt right coming off that app, right? What's one more F-bomb? What a legend. Go hit this guy up right now. Let him know how much you love that conversation at ElkPGA on Twitter. That's E-L-K-P-G-A. He deserves to hear from all of you. He loves you clones. Listen, a lot of you are here for the first time ever because of Elk. You're the ones that I want to talk to. First off, Thanks for being here. Now, please, subscribe to this pod so you never miss another one. Secondly, believe me when I tell you, there are 75 other episodes that are just as quality as this one. They're all evergreen. So do a deep dive through the back catalog and pick any episode. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Back next week with F76. Until then, I'm out.